This is Jason Holleran. I proudly served for 33 years, culminating as the Deputy Commandant at West Point. Put this on your calendar. World War II weekend inside Old Bethpage Village Restoration on Long Island. Scores of operational vintage armor in formation May 18th and 19th. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman invites you to join him in saluting America's greatest generation and all those who have worn the uniform in defense of our freedoms. That's May 18th and 19th, presented by the Museum of American Armor. Afternoons at 3 after Greg Kelly. Talk Radio 77 WABC and WABCRadio.com. This is New York's talk leader, the crown jewel of talk radio. WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. New rooster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. WABC News Time, 5 o'clock. Good morning, I'm Noam Layden. It is Friday, February 24th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center, a cloudy day on the way. Temps are actually going to fall, so the high is 45, but it's a little confusing because later today it's going to be in the 30s, a whole lot chillier. Tonight and overnight, clear and cold, low 23. Saturday, tomorrow, could see some snow showers, the high just 34. And then Sunday, sun and clouds, we return to the winter that wasn't. The high going to be 53 on Sunday. If you are walking out the door with us right now, it is 47 and clear. Is that right? Is it really? Really, 47? Did I get that forecast correct? It is, yes, look at that. It's 47 and clear. So happy you're here. So much to get to on this Friday morning. Thank God, right? Uh, coyotes, I saw, I think. Is it possible coyotes are roaming Jersey City? I could have sworn that's what I saw when I was walking out to the car. Like the, Every day this week, there's been something bizarre happening. But today, it looked like a coyote. I don't think dogs are running around in the middle of the night in Jersey City. Could it be really a coyote? Are coyotes living in Jersey City? Is that possible? I thought you had to live like in the Hudson Valley or West Milford or something to see a coyote. But I could have sworn I saw one this morning. Didn't have my phone ready in time to take a picture of it. But uh, I'm going to ask around. Maybe other people have seen it as well. All right, let's get into it. The top five at five. Just a wild scene on the train tracks in the Hudson Valley. A hate crime or looks like one in Queens. A German shepherd is keeping shoplifters away in Midtown. Ukrainians speak out one year after the war began. And a Long Island cat has nine, well, check that, 12 lives. All right, let's get into it. WABC News Time 502. It was a near tragedy on the freight train tracks in Havistraw in the Hudson Valley yesterday. A bit of quick thinking, though, just moments before impact saved a driver's life. This 18-wheeler was trying to cross the tracks in Havistraw, New Main Street near 9W, when he got caught on the tracks and he could not move his truck. It was just stuck there. And uh, he did not hear a train barreling down on him, one of these big uh, freight trains. A passerby who saw that he was stuck on the track came down and flagged down one of our sergeants who was right down the road on a uh, on another detail said that he was caught up on the tracks yeah so thank god for those police officers because they raced to the cab of that truck and they said hey you got to get out of this thing there's a train coming it may not be able to stop in time the uh the driver was in the cab of the truck i guess he was on the phone trying to arrange for uh, help to come help him get off the tracks and and didn't hear it And he got out just in time, and we actually have sound of the impact of this train hitting an 18-wheeler, and it is is pretty cool. Wait, hold on, hold on. 
Hold on. Oh, did I just talk right over it? Hold on. I just blew that. Hold on. Let's start this again. Here we go. This is the train hitting the truck, and I will shut up. Oof. God. Thank God nobody was in that train. Nobody heard on the train. Nobody heard on the tracks. Nobody heard in the truck. So we like the way that story ends. The load of hundreds, if not thousands, of titanium piping headed to what was a power plant got up into a tangled mess. Looked like pickup sticks that had to be corralled and removed from the scene. There is apparently a history of crashes at this particular Rockland County Railroad crossing. Why? Well, uh, there's some sort of sign that says low clearance and trucks aren't supposed to go over this maybe, so maybe the truck was supposed not to be there. The investigation going on, but again, thankfully nobody heard. WABC News Time 504. Police departments in New York stepping up their presence this weekend after a bunch of social media posts that have been circulating online over the last couple days that reference a National Day of Hate against Jewish groups. That sounds like fun. Let's get the latest now from WABC's Alex Barnard. Good morning, Alex. Good morning and happy Friday, Noam. Yes, but that's right. This is certainly not a happy story. Uh, This Day of Hate, it's being circulated by neo-Nazi groups on social media, apparently originating out of chat groups on the encrypted messaging app Telegram, according to the Jewish Daily Forward. An internal NYPD alert obtained by AM New York Metro read, quote, members of the service are advised to maintain elevated situational awareness and vigilance on February 25th for activism in the form of biased in-person acts around the city and at potential key locations that might garner attention from these types of actors. The acts that the organizers of the event are calling for include hate-filled signs, banners, graffiti, and stickers toward the Jewish community. A DCPI spokesperson said in a statement, quote, While there are no identified threats to New York City, out of an abundance of caution, the department will deploy additional resources to sensitive locations, including houses of worship, throughout the weekend. Rabbi Uriel Vigler, director of the Chabad Israel Center of the Upper East Side, took to YouTube to denounce the event. We should designate this Shabbat as a day of love, extra love. We will celebrate with love because this is our response to hatred. When they bring darkness into the world, we respond with light. And, of course, residents are urged to remain vigilant and call the NYPD's anti-terror hotline at 888-NYC-SAFE if they see anything suspicious. Again, that's 888-NYC-SAFE. Alex, so I, I assume they chose Saturday because that's the Jewish Sabbath. That makes sense anyway. I That is correct. And I apparently, uh, though, there's some speculation about the the coinciding of a an important event in World War II in which the Nazis were defeated by allied troops as well. Yeah, but sounds like a bunch of sickos. All right, WABC's Alex Barnard, thank you very much. WABC News Time 509, Alex Barnard talking about that day of hate from the neo-Nazis. We have a hate crime, or at least it looks like one, in Flushing Meadow, Queens. Uh, police investigating an attack as a possible hate crime after a, a man was ambushed and robbed by a group of men in a park, the attack took place at the Old World's Fairground, that's in Flushing Meadows, Corona Park. Sam Levy says he saw six men together, this was about 8.30 at night, and he knew he was going to be mugged, but he was beaten too, and he says it got worse when they grabbed his wallet and realized that he was Jewish. He said these exact words, Jew, and then all of the, the force, they had the money, they had the phone, they could have just, I was already on the floor, 
just run away. But now they found that I was Jewish, all of that pure evil. I'm telling you, they hit me with no mercy. I, I know I was dead. There's no way I'm getting out of this. Yeah, so he's coming back from uh, a bunch of beatings. Uh, he was bruised, uh, his eye of socket hurt. The NYPD's hate crime task force investigating. So far, they have not caught up with these six creeps. WABC News Time 510. Governor Murphy says he's keeping all options on the table following the death of a 14-year-old girl in a New Jersey high school student who took her own life earlier this month after getting bullied at Central Regional High School in Rips your heart out, and it's extremely angry. It's an awful, awful tragedy. I can't uh, express uh, that more strongly. It's just awful. This precious little girl, her family, the the it feels like a culture of bullying. On Thursday, the governor weighed in on the heartbreaking death of 14-year-old Adriana Cush. The Bayville High School student died by suicide two days after a video of her being attacked by classmates was posted up on social media. One of the 14s yesterday who faced uh, new upgraded charges of conspiracy to commit aggravated assault in addition to charges previously that were filed by the Ocean County Prosecutor's Office, which ranged from harassment to aggravated assault. I was asked... Uh, basically is everything on the table? And the answer is it has to be on the table. Now, that's separate from the law enforcement channel, which is being led by the Ocean County prosecutor. The governor wouldn't say how he would go after the school, but he says he may. The fallout forced the Bayville school superintendent to step down. WABC News Time 511. The student transgender policy in Colts Neck, New Jersey schools will stay the same. Some parents angry after the school board voted down two changes that included having teachers notify the parents of students who decide to change their gender identity. It's the parents' right to know if my son or daughter's in school and they're doing something that I should know about, I should know about it. You know, my kid tells me this, that there's kids in his school who go by a different name in school, but their parents don't know about this at home. But I guess the teachers are protecting those students. The other change would have required transgender students to use bathrooms of their biological identity, not the one they've taken on. I'm 18 and I'm a high school senior, and I'm also a transgender. I don't know what that is. It's hard to hear. But anyway, they, do, they say the uh, parents asking that kids use the locker room and bathroom of their biological identity and the cult to the next school agrees with that wabc news time 512 strange scene at good samaritan hospital in west islip out on long island consuelo saravia had just given birth to a baby boy her husband nico walked over to watch look at the baby in the icu to see how the baby was doing and he noticed that someone uh, picked up his new crying baby and then shook the baby and then put it back down. And he said, wait a minute, something's not right about this. Anger, hurt. I was upset. Like, it was terrible. I don't know. It just broke me. I, I didn't know what to do. It was heartbreaking, too. Like, I couldn't stop crying. So, I couldn't even sleep. So he decided to record video of the baby boy, and he just happened to be recording when this nurse shook the baby. So they took the video, they handed it over to hospital authorities, and they said, yeah, they don't like what they say. I told her, I'm like, I don't want you to touch my child. Like, you just slammed him. And then she was like, oh, no, no. If you think I mishandled him or anything, I'm sorry. The 
hospital quick to get rid of this nurse. Of course, the newborn parents of this newborn baby, they wonder who else had this nurse done this to? What other baby may have been shaken? She shouldn't be taking care of at nobody. All. At all. Absolutely nobody. And I'm happy I was there. God sent me. Yeah. That's what I told her. God, if it wasn't for God to send me to, to go over there and chug with him, we would have never seen none of that happen. And I would have kept happening through the night, not only to him, but to the other babies, too. He's right about that. Thank God he was there to get that on tape. Uh, meanwhile, that nurse let go. The baby, thankfully, is fine. WABC News Time 514, Nassau County legislator uh, is asking for embattled Congressman George Santos to step down. Latest efforts to keep the pressure on Santos, calling on Republicans to campaign against Santos to get him to leave office. It is an exorbitant cost and it is a waste of money to have security sitting outside this office because of the circus of his own making. Yeah, there's security outside the Queen's office of George Santos and Republican lawmakers on Long Island don't think that's a good idea. Crime is rising on Long Island and Queens. Our cops deserve to be in our communities. And instead, our cops are outside the office so he can hide from the very constituents he serves. By the way, George Santos on with Rob Astorino on his Saturday afternoon show. Well, you know, Rob, there's just this pylon effect. All these people coming out of the woodworks that I haven't seen in 10, 15 years and that I had minor interactions with in my life saying that I... I stole a scarf. That's utterly false. <laughs> oh, that I def- that I stole thirty thousand dollars from him. That's utterly false. I mean, and from from the litany of garbage that's out there, right? If I were this career criminal, just follow this thought pattern with me. If I, George Santos, was this career abominable criminal, how is it that I managed to to deceive dozens of people, and not one of them? who don't know each other, never went to the police. Yeah, part of an interesting interview. You want to hear that on the Rob Astorino Show. That's 4 p.m. tomorrow, Saturday. Make sure you tune in. WABC News Time 515. Let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. We say hello, good morning, and happy Friday to Justin Ellick. Well, hello, good morning, and happy Friday to you. No, Thank you very much. Yeah. On the ice, the Rangers continued to struggle, dropping their third straight by a score of 4-1 last night in Detroit against the Red Wings. Vincent Trocek was responsible for the lone Rangers goal, but the rest of the boys fell flat and across the board. As deficit grows between the hockey blue shirts and the second-place Devils in the Metropolitan Division. Here was Captain Jacob Truba following a loss on the Rangers' mindset moving forward. No real time to dwell. I think uh, we want to keep moving up the standings and, and keep playing good hockey and keep building our game, uh, hopefully heading into the playoffs. So it's... Uh, Turn the page and correct some things and move on to Washington. New York will try and get back to form tomorrow afternoon in Washington when they pay the Capitals a visit. Now to the aforementioned second-place Devils. They helped their cause with a 4-3 home win over the Los Angeles Kings last night. The star of the game was center Dawson Mercer, who saved the day in overtime after the end of regulation, yielded a scoreboard knotted at three. Here's what that winner sounded like, courtesy of MSGSN. Midway through the overtime, Mercer into the offensive zone. Has his head up, has space. Mercer leaves it for Hamilton. He feeds Mercer! New Jersey will go for two straight come tomorrow night when they welcome in the Philadelphia Flyers and over to our local college basketball action where the Rutgers Scarlet Knights fell to the visiting Michigan Wolverines last night by a score of 58-45. Looking ahead to action tonight 
Xavier will pay Seton Hall a visit for a 7 p.m. tip-off. And uh, professional basketball will see the Knicks and Nets return to the floor. The Knicks are out in Washington taking on the Wizards for a 7 p.m. tip. And the Nets are on Chicago tipping it off with the Bulls at 8 p.m. Here with the early news sports update, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. WABC News Time 520. It is a year since Russia invaded Ukraine. In a moment, we're going to check in with the Ukrainians who've made it here and how life has been over the last year. The latest case of these AirPod Max headphones being stolen and how a German shepherd is keeping shoplifters away. That and more coming up. But first at 520, a check of Wall Street. Here's Lou Dobbs. This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Stocks may post a losing week even after yesterday's slight rebound. All three major indexes higher, snapping a four-day losing streak. Not enough, however, to recover from this week's sell-off. The Fed's ongoing interest rate hike campaign still weighing on investors. A full slate of Fed speakers today, most of them will reinforce Fed interest rate policy. The Fed's preferred inflation index reading today, the forecast expected to be lower. Berkshire Hathaway earnings today. Sales forecast up 4% from a year ago. Berkshire Hathaway stock down 2% so far this year. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 77 WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. WABC News Time 521. Governor Murphy holding a hearing in New Jersey yesterday outlining a slew of changes which would gradually phase out the ratio of liquor licenses to the population. It's always been tough in New Jersey to get a liquor license. You had to know somebody, maybe grease a couple palms. New measures would also make it so liquor licenses are more affordable. It would lift several restrictions on breweries. The governor has been promising this for a while, but it looks like it may happen now. Um, the mayor of Clinton, New Jersey, says this is all good. The revenue and the, the ability for business restaurants to be successful comes from the liquor license sale, liquor sales. It's not on the food. Yeah. Governor Murphy uh, holding a hearing in Clinton to outline these changes. It does not impact at all local review and local oversight. And that's a huge issue that we've heard. State Assembly members uh, behind lifting the restrictions on breweries, which would mean there'd be more of them and on distilleries. There's no reason that we shouldn't allow uh, on-site consumption if people if the demand is there um, and artificially you know, keep them from being able to contribute to our economies. Yeah, so you'll see some more of those breweries popping up across the state if this all goes through. WABC News Time 523. Let's go up to the Hudson Valley. Just an awful story. Family of three dead in an early morning fire in Orange County. This was yesterday. One neighbor says fire broke out about 1 a.m. in a home in Monroe, and it was so intense it took several fire departments to put out the blaze. I'm a pet lover. They had two dogs. That says a lot. And they were always nice with the dogs and everything. When firefighters got inside the home, they discovered the three victims. Investigators were on the scene all day yesterday, combing through the charred rubble as they tried to figure out what sparked that blaze. Ground broken yesterday on New Terminal 6 at JFK Airport. 
there's been a lot of rehab over the last couple of years, both the airports, JFK and LaGuardia. This case, JFK, Governor Hochul on hand, says roughly $4 billion new international terminal will replace the old Terminal 6 and the aging Terminal 7. Public art, recreation spaces, people will not know where they've landed, those who've come here for many years. And it'll be as vibrant as New York itself, this terminal. This is a showcase. Terminal 6 will have restaurants, 10 gates, most of which will be capable of uh, having wide-body jets. The terminal expected to be completed in 2025, so it's not so far away. Governor Hochul says it's being fully paid for with private funding. Port Authority Executive Director Rick Cotton says Terminal 6 is the fourth and final piece of the airport overhaul. The mission here at JFK is to create one of the world's greatest airports that sets the gold standard, maybe the platinum standard, for what a global world-class hub and gateway airport should be. It is kind of nice to walk into these new terminals and one a new one at Newark, the new new ones at LaGuardia, now a new one at JFK. You walk in, you're like, wow, okay, it's not third world nation like it once was. WAB BC News Time 524. AirPods Max thefts are surging. These are not the ones that go into your ear, but they are over-the-head headphones that are all the rage, especially with college kids. They're 500 bucks a piece, which seems like a lot of money for a pair of headphones. Uh, they're being ripped off the heads of, especially down in the NYU area. Lots of students have had them stolen. They think it's just four people who are behind all this. They're riding around on mopeds. They see somebody with the headphones. They either got the music blasting or the noise cancellation going. They don't even know someone's coming from behind. They grab the headphones and then drive away. That's been going on a while now. Years, actually. It's concerning. I'm not surprised. It's an easy thing to do. I'll be very, very upset because these headphones are like a lot of money. The more frightening part of this is it's happening in the middle of the day. So these guys are driving around, you know, down by NYU West Village, grabbing the headphones. It's four in the afternoon and then getting away. I don't know. I just thought about when I bought them. I'm like, this would be really easy to just take. It's concerning. I'm not surprised. I heard that people were just coming up to them and taking them off their heads. And like, I just think about safety in general. I don't necessarily think I'll be targeted because of these. Again, 500 bucks for headphones. It seems like a lot to me. One thing I know I would not do is chase after the person because that's something my friends always told me, like, not... To chase after anybody if they mug you or something like that because you never know they can be armed. And at the end of the day, my life is not worth headphones. Yeah, probably a good idea. WABC News Time 525. Federal officials investigating the toxic train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio, say... What happened did not have to happen, that train derailment. We call things accidents. There is no accident. Every single event that we investigate is preventable. That's the NTSB chair speaking about the accident that took place February 3rd, where those chemicals spilled into Palestine, Ohio. It was then burned off. Inform the public. Collect factual information from witnesses. Discuss possible solutions and build consensus for change. Maybe the train was going too fast. That's one of the thoughts. The critical threshold per Norfolk Southern is above 200 degrees ambient with a temperature of 253 degrees. That's critical. She's talking about how the train cars overheated and failed. The White House, meanwhile, says President Biden has no plans to visit the site. I just don't have anything to share. I know I know there's a lot of interest on that. The Biden administration defending the federal response. They say it's been good enough. Federal teams have been on the ground since 2 a.m. on February 4th, which is, again, hours after the derailment, which was on February 3rd. 
That's Corinne Jean-Pierre, of course, the White House press secretary. She says all the attacks on Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg are just pure politics. Remember Yang Chao? She was the head of the Department of Transportation. And where when there was these types of uh, chemical spills, nobody was calling for her uh, to be fired. Of course, in the last couple of days, you had the ex-president Trump was there handing out the Trump water and uh, cheeseburgers from McDonald's to people in town. WABC News Time 530. Before we go away, we have so much more to get to on this Friday morning. We'll tell you about a cat that had not nine but 12 lives. Uh, the latest on this German shepherd who's keeping the shoplifters away in Midtown. And a year since the war, Russia invaded Ukraine. We'll talk to Ukrainians who have made it here and what life has been like in the last year. We'll do that more coming up. WABC News Time now, 531. Radio 77, WABC. Entertaining and informative. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. WABC News Time 532. Good morning. Happy Friday. It's Noam Layden with you right up until 6 o'clock. It's Friday, February 24th. Your forecast now from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Cloudy day on the way. Temps will fall. Heavy duty wind. The high is 47, but that's deceptive because we already hit that. It's going to be chillier as the afternoon comes on, so make sure you grab a warm jacket on the way out. Tonight, an overnight clear and cold, low 23. Saturday, snow shower. Sunday, sun and clouds, high 53. If you're walking out the door with us right now, it is 45 and clear. But again, the temp's just going to plummet as the day goes on, so make sure you got something warm on as you head out. Let's get into it. Uh, it is a year since the Russian invasion in Ukraine. Military experts pointing to just the misery in Ukraine. No end in sight after this year in war. Ukrainians who are still there say uh, they've seen a lot of death and they've seen a lot of destruction and they're still feeling uh, really angry a year later. I was shocked and I, I wanted revenge and I wanted justice. Like today, after one year, it's the same. We want justice. Ukrainians talking about the casualties of war. But there were cars, and in one of the cars there was the body of a small boy, oh. probably like, like six years old. It was ugly. Rallies being held across the U.S. to mark this one-year anniversary. And many of the people who are showing up are Ukrainians who came here uh, as the war began to escape what was going on there, so many of them, as you might imagine, they want to go back home. They don't know when that's going to happen and if, even if they have a home to go back to. Many people uh, still planning to get back home, uh, so waiting for the war to be over. Some of the families getting integrated in the community. Ukrainian families that have made it here, many of them say they've been warmly welcomed to America. They like it here, but they do want to go home. We just want to be vocal again that the war is not over that even though it's not on the front pages of any newspaper anymore about people are still struggling people are still dying and we still need support yeah how intense to be chased away from your home president biden says the u.s will continue to back ukraine in the war with russia for as long as it takes however there are growing questions about the price tag the billions of dollars we've spent to uh, help you bolster up Ukraine, whether it be tanks or military might. We should get more of the NATO countries, uh, Germany and England and other folks to do more. 
That's Congressman Henry Cuellar, who sits on the House Appropriations Committee. The Texas Democrat plans to grill the Secretary of Defense about how the money is being spent in Ukraine. The U.S. should not take all the burden. Should that be part of the debate? Absolutely should be. Yep. Big part of the debate is shouldering the debt, right? We shouldn't have to pay for the whole thing. We are going to talk about that. Should we do more? Should we do less? Making sure that once it gets there, it goes in the right places. WABC News Time 535. Immigrant rights groups slamming a White House plan that would limit the asylum process. It's very disheartening that the Biden administration has laid bare its gross indifference to immigrant lives with this continued attack to asylum. Anna Marie Ria with the Texas-based advocacy group Racist. She says everybody deserves a right to claim asylum no matter if they qualify or not. And they feel betrayed by President Biden. Here we are seeing yet again another gross attack on people's legal and human right to asylum. But they have to do something to stop just the tons of people crossing the border, see who's legit, who's not. But this woman says, no, that's not the case. She says, uh, I think she just wants to keep it wide open. He promised us that he was going to end Title 42. He promised us that he was going to restore asylum. Yeah, just tough times, both, by the way, not just at the U.S. southern border, which has been porous for the last couple of years, but now the northern border as well. Some of those border security guards from the south have been moved up north to stop all the people coming in from the northern border. WABC News Time 539. What is stinking up the town of Cornwall in Orange County? For that matter, what's stinking up Orange County? The stink? Well, some people say it smells perfume-like, but others say they don't like it at all. And it has been wafting through the town over the last couple days, and nobody can figure out exactly where it's coming from. Yeah, let's just see what they come up with, though. <laughs> mm-hmm. if, you know, if, it's, you know, if it's a really viable answer. They are checking out everything. Local chemical companies. Uh, you have a uh, state assembly member, Brian Maher, says he's looking for answers about the smell. He called local companies that make perfumes, thinking maybe it's coming from there. But so far, nothing. They did get calls uh, from local police to check out areas that do have chemicals to check and see it was from those plants that manufacture those chemicals. And that was not the case. So that's the extent of uh, where we've seen them actually try to pinpoint Police have been getting 911 calls for a while now, for the last maybe more than a week. People saying, what is that? And should I be worried about it? Of course, they're thinking about what's happening in East Palestine, Ohio. And they say, hey, are we being told everything that we need to be told about this? Where is it coming from? So far, they can't identify the smell, and it's still there. There are people that are really worried about this throughout New York State in all the counties and communities that we represent. And who can blame them? The state assembly member there is asking for residents to be patient while they figure out where this stink, or depending on whether you like it or not, this stink or great smell is coming from. WABC News Time 540. This seems to be working in Midtown. A German shepherd and a guard have been posted outside the CVS near Penn Station for about a month now. The dog is there to deter shoplifters. And it is working. It's been very effective in reducing shoplifting. We've had 27 instances where the person has returned the property and left. We've had a couple of people being deterred for coming in who were known shoplifters. That's Kevin Ward with the 34th Street Partnership. I spoke with him yesterday. He paid, uh, the 34th Street Partnership, he told me, paid to have the German Shepherd Pilot Program at CVS. And he is not surprised that it's working. He says uh, shoplifting deal, you know, the shoplifting incidents at the CVS that's across from Penn Station are way down. It's a physical presence 
where you see the dog and you see uniform security and, and a sign saying that uh, shoplifters will be prosecuted. It has been very effective so far. The amazing thing is the this dog has deterred people as they're walking out with stolen items. This dog's there, and they, these, those people have handed back things to the security guard. That doesn't happen anywhere anymore. We're hoping that some of the chain stores realize how effective it is, and it would help their bottom line, and maybe we'd have some of the drug stores participate in a program where we could expand this. I'm sure it's not cheap to have a dog and a security guard, but uh, if you're getting tens of thousands of items stolen from your store over the course of a year, it probably makes sense to have one of these guards out there. And Kevin told me the issue, of course, for a place like CVS is now they've had to lock up everything. And when you lock up everything, that deters people like me. I don't like to go into a store where the toothpaste is behind a locked plastic thing. And I had to sit there and push that doorbell to get a clerk to come help me by opening that thing. I, a lot of times I'll walk in. If I see that, I go to I'm like, I'm going to go to another store. So not only are you losing money from the shoplifters in record numbers, but you're losing potential business from honest people who don't want to wait around because the toothpaste, the deodorant, the shampoo is behind locked doors. A lot of these places are now, they're locking up their merchandise, whether it be cosmetics or deodorant or things that are being stolen. And besides the the loss in property, the stores also lose sales because people can't quickly buy something. Like me. So interesting. So Kevin Ward, 34th Street Partnership, interesting pilot program. I'll be curious to see if other stores jump on this. Uh, If it's not too expensive, my guess is you may see more German Shepherds outside certain stores across the city. So we went to the streets, or our own Bob Brown did, and we asked about shoplifting in New York City. And of course, it's out of control since the pandemic. Even basic items being stole from convenience stores. Now everything under lock and key. And so Bob Brown asked people what they thought about this dog program and what they think about skyrocketing shoplifting in the city. I am aware that it's a problem in some of the um, chain drugstores where everything is um, locked up. Locked Everything's up. under lock and key, right? But I haven't seen any. So, Do you think a German Shepherd and a guard out front it will work or is it going a little too far? What do you think? I don't know. It's weird. I think, I mean, I think you have to try. Maybe it may, it may be more preventative than anything if someone, a potential shoplifter, sees a dog. Um, that may be a little bit more scary than uh, someone working in the store who is not going to follow them and they know that. Do you think a German Shepherd and a guard outside a dog, outside a store would work? Maybe. When it all comes down to is that stores have to do what they need to do to protect their products. Now the CVS in Midtown has a dog dogs. You know about the guard dogs, I read the paper. Right? Yeah, it's in today's <laughs> post. Do you think it's a good idea? Do you think it's going overboard? Do you think it will work? Something's got to give, right? you got to try something. Maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't, but it's worth the shot. Yeah, so I walked down there to see if the German Shepherd was out the store. It wasn't when I walked by. Now, maybe it's only certain hours. Maybe he was on a Maybe the dog was on a break. Don't know. But anyway, it seems to be working at that CVS store in Midtown for now. WABC News Time 545. Let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. And here's Justin Ellick. Thank you, No, We begin on the ice here. The Rangers continued to struggle, dropping their third straight by a score of 4-1 to one last night in Detroit against the Red Wings. Vincent Trocek was responsible for the lone Rangers goal, but the rest of the boys, they fell flat across the board. As the deficit grows between the hockey blue shirts and the second-place Devils in the Metropolitan Division, uh, Captain Jacob Truba had this to say following a loss on the Rangers' mindset moving forward. Real time to dwell. I think uh, 
we want to keep moving up the standings and, and keep playing good hockey and keep building our game, uh, hopefully heading into the playoffs. So let's uh, turn the page and correct some things and move on to Washington. New York will move on to Washington, try to return to form tomorrow afternoon when they pay the Capitals a visit. And now to the aforementioned second-place Devils. They helped their cause with a 4-3 home win over the Los Angeles Kings last night. The star of the game was center Dawson Mercer, who saved the day in overtime after the end of regulation, yielded a scoreboard nodded at three. Here's what that winner sounded like, courtesy of MSGSM. Midway through the overtime, Mercer into the offensive zone. Has his head up, has space. Mercer leaves it for Hamilton. He feeds Mercer! New Jersey will go for their second straight come tomorrow night when they welcome in the Philadelphia Flyers and over to our local college basketball action where the Rutgers Scarlet Knights, they fell to the visiting Michigan Wolverines last night by a score of 58-45. to Looking ahead to action tonight, Seton Hall gets ready to welcome in Xavier for a 7 p.m. tip-off and professional basketball will see the Knicks and Nets return to the floor. Knicks are in Washington tipping off with the Wizards at 7 p.m. tonight. And the Nets, they'll be out in Chicago taking on the Bulls for an 8 p.m. tip-off. Here with sports and a finger in my face, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. Yes, yeah, it bothering you. You did well, though, as he was poking his finger in your ear. Well, I powered through it. That's, uh, that's the name of the game. You're a true professional. Yeah. WABC News Time 549. Let's catch up on some of the bigger stories of the day. A wild scene on the train tracks. Have a straw New York yesterday. A truck driver, 18-wheeler, gets stuck on the tracks, doesn't realize that a freight train is barreling down on him. A passerby who saw that he was stuck on the tracks came down and flagged down one of our sergeants, who was right down the road on, a, uh, on another detail, said that he was caught up on the tracks. Thank God the police raced down to the truck because the driver didn't realize the train was coming. He was just trying to get the truck off the tracks. That's when the officer said, hey, you better get out of this cab or you're going to be killed. The uh, the driver was in the cab of the truck. I guess he was on the phone trying to arrange for uh, help to come help him get off the tracks and, and didn't hear it. Moments later, this train barrels through. Huge freight train takes apart this huge 18-wheeler. This is what it sounded like. Yeah, just wild. The loads of hundreds, if not thousands, of titanium piping headed to a power plant became tangled. Sort of a mess of pickup sticks on the tracks. But the good news here is nobody hurt. The train, of course, the truck destroyed. Well, the truck was destroyed. The train's okay. But uh, nobody hurt. That is the good news here. WABC News Time 550. Police investigating an attack in Queens as a possible hate crime. A man ambushed, robbed by a group of six men in a park in Queens. Took at the place at the Old World Fairs Ground in um, Flushing Meadow Corona Park. This man says he was out there 830 at night. He saw these six people coming his way. He knew it was not going to end well. But he says it got worse when they realized they opened up his wallet after they stole it from him. It got worse when they realized he was Jewish. He said these exact words. Jew. And then all of the the force. They had the money. They had the phone. They could have just, I was already on the floor, just run away. But now they found that I was Jewish. All of that pure evil. I'm telling you, they hit me with no mercy. I, I know I was dead. There's no way I'm getting out of this.
Yeah, the creeps still on the loose. Police have not yet to call it a hate crime, but uh, could happen. It could determine it is a hate crime once they catch up with these six men involved in that. And then there's this mom. A newborn has a baby at Good Samaritan Hospital, West Islip. Her husband goes over to look at the baby, you know, behind the glass where all the babies are. He sees his infant son crying and then sees a nurse pick up and shake the baby and then put it back down. Thank God he had his camera out and was happened to be rolling tape on all this. Anger, hurt. I was upset. Like, it was terrible. I don't know. It just broke me. I didn't know what to do. It was heartbreaking, too. Like, I couldn't stop crying. I couldn't even sleep. They took that video to hospital officials, and the hospital officials did the right thing. They got rid of that nurse. I told her, I'm like, I don't want you to touch my child. Like, you just slammed him. And then she was like, oh, no, no. If you think I mishandled him or anything, I'm sorry. Yeah, thank God. This guy was running tape. The newborn, the newborn's father had his camera out, just happened to, because he was taking pictures and video of his son. Son's okay, and he's just thankful he was there so no other baby gets shaken. She shouldn't be taking care of At nobody. All. All. Absolutely nobody. And I'm happy I was there. God sent me. That's what I told her. God, if it wasn't for God to send me to, to go over there and chug with him, we would have never seen none of that happen. And I would have kept having it through the night, not only to him, but to the other babies, too. WABC News Time 553. Seems like we have a lot of these anti-Semitic stories today. What is going on? You have that day of hate that's planned for tomorrow against Jews. We don't really know. It's all been shared on social media, if anything will come of it. Then you have these anti-Semitic protesters from a group that calls themselves the Goyim Defense League. They were harassing Jewish people that were coming out of a neighborhood, an Orthodox Jewish neighborhood in Orlando. Some of it caught on tape. Oh, my God. Leave our country. Go back to Israel. You know where you bomb Palestinian kids? Where we fund you stupid $8 million a year? You look like a horse. You look like a Jewish horse. Look at the horse face on this Jew. Can you imagine these people are coming out in their cars and they're sort of trapped at this corner as they're trying to make a right turn. And here's these guys. They're coming as close as the car as they possibly can. They want to agitate these people in the car so they throw the first punch and then they can punch them back. Uh, Thankfully, nobody went for it. If I was there, I don't know. I I don't think I'd be able to control myself. I would punch living daylights out of them. This filthy Jew, don't touch his car. Yeah, just awful. WABC News Time 554. Residents of a Los Angeles suburb up in arms about a naked man who keeps showing up and inappropriately touching himself in broad daylight on neighborhood streets and hiking trails. Well, let me tell you, you got some crazy damn people around here. <laughs> yeah, sounds like. This is in Studio City. They have not caught up with this guy. Do you have somebody in your neighborhood like this? I had this when I lived in Hoboken. He wasn't a naked guy. But there was a guy called the Sheep Man. And he would go around on Bloomfield Street in Hoboken, where I lived at the time, and he would stop and he would look at you and he'd go, meh, meh. 
And uh, he was just this famous character that walked around town, so famous that a local artist did a painting of him that hung in a gallery in Hoboken for a long time. So you have the naked guy in Los Angeles, the sheep guy in uh, Hoboken. Everybody seems to have a crazy person like this in their neighborhood. A family cat. Found alive 12 days after a Long Island home went up in flames. This is an amazing story. This was in this, this concept. The home went on fire, essentially burned down. Uh, the you know structure was still there. The family got out okay. They lost three or four of their pets. And they had gone back uh, 12 days later to check on the house, thinking that all of the cats had died. And then they heard a faint meow. I don't know how much longer he could have gone for for almost two weeks, so we're just thankful we were there that day. I didn't know if he was in a wall. I didn't know where he was. And then the crying stopped. The walls are all chiplap on both sides, so we didn't know if he fell in or if he was stuck somewhere up in the attic. So they couldn't figure out where the cat was. Thank God for this rescue group called Strong Island Animal Rescue Lee out on Long Island. They went into the house, and they found this cat, and it was alive. Twelve days, no food, no water. So she hears a faint meow. I dropped everything I was doing. I made my way to the highest point in the house, and uh, that's when I found him. And I need to uh, get him to a hospital right away because, you know, 12 days, no food, no water is a serious situation. Yeah, kind of smart move going to the top part of the house waiting to hear that faint meow. He just punched through walls till he found this cat who obviously you can imagine was not in a great shape at that moment. But uh, they've nursed the cat back to health. And thankfully, that cat is okay. Thanks to uh, CBS for that sound.